This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. I'm starting with a, a paper that I've been meaning to review on the podcast. It's called, it's published in the journal called Children. It's coming out of Canada. First author is Anne Sines. The Annie Janvier is on the paper as well, uh, called Redefining Neurodevelopmental Impairment, Perspective of Very Preterm Birth Stakeholders. And I thought that was a very interesting paper. I'm going to skip the background because I have two papers I want to present on this topic, so I'm going to try to be quick. But the question they were trying to answer was, can we identify outcome measures that are meaningful to parents of children born very preterm? And the premise of that statement is that maybe the way we measure things and what we say matters to us is not something that would matter to parents. So what they did is that they leveraged uh, the strength of the Canadian follow-up network, the CN Fund. Uh, I asked actually Gabriel Altit, who hosts the French podcast with me, and they do call it the CN Fund. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a very robust follow-up network that they have in Canada. And um, th they're looking at what severe neurodevelopmental impairment is defined as um, in in their network, and that really entails usually a Bailey skills of infant and toddler development, usually the Bailey three, uh, looking at cognitive, motor, language, or general adaptive cognitive score below seventy. Um, they're looking also at the need for hearing aids or cochlear implants. They're looking at bilateral bilateral visual impairment or um, cerebral palsy with a gross motor function classification system level three or higher. So how did they figure out what mattered to parents? So they basically had 10 easy-to-understand clinical scenarios that were created to align with the CN Fund definition of severe neurodevelopmental impairment, right? So they used their definition and they tried to create some scenarios that would meet those criteria. Six scenarios captured children with a single severe impairment, cerebral palsy, like a Bailey 3 motor language or cognitive score less than 70, hearing or visual impairment. Five scenarios represented the most common combination of impairments observed in the CN Fund database of very preterm infants. And finally, there was an 11th scenario used as a control, which basically described a typically developing child. So I'm going to give you a few of these examples because they were very well written. So there are like three sentences. The first scenario, which is supposed to represent a patient with cerebral palsy, is, is, is going like this, and I quote, Jamie is an 18-month-old child. He can sit with support, roll, and creep on his stomach. He has stiff legs, will very likely use a wheelchair for longer distances at school. He can see and hear normally. He learns like other children his age and likes to play with other children. He can follow simple directions and use words like other children his age. And I think it's always interesting, right? Because we think of cerebral palsy as like one entity, but we don't, it's hard sometimes to put it back in the context of everything else that could be normal about the patient. Um, let's, let's get, let me give you two more scenarios. The one about cognitive impairment. Um, Max is an 18-month-old child. He likes to play with toys for younger children, 10 to 12 months. He takes more time to learn new skills, needs more help doing so compared to other children his age. He can see and hear normally. He walks, he runs, and moves like any other children his age. He can follow simple directions and use words like other children his age. So as you can see, do you want another one? Sure. Yes. More example. <laughs> uh, another one is on language impairment. Uh, it's like, uh, it says, Lena is an 18-month-old child. She says, mama, dada, and one other word, which is less than is expected for her age. She does not point to her ears and eyes when asked. 
She does not use words to make her wants known, but cries or grabs you instead. She can see and hear normally. She walks, runs, and moves like other children her age. She learns, plays, and explores the environment like other children her age. So very interesting. And so for each scenario, basically what they did is that the respondents were asked whether the fictional child did or did not have a severe health condition and to rate the severity of the health state on a scale from zero being worst possible health to 10 being the best possible health. And in terms of the participation, I think you might be interested in that because they, they they did something that was um, quite innovative. They did, uh, they did a pilot step where basically parents of children born at less than 29 weeks of gestation attending a clinic visit between three and five years of age at the neonatal follow-up program in Vancouver, Canada were invited to participate. And then during a second step, they did an online snowball sampling method um, and respondent eligibility expanded to the Canadian and international stakeholders, which means, what is that whole snowball thing? That they allowed participants to enroll other participants. And they said, hey, mom, dad, share this with your people that you think might be That's interested. That's cool, a snowball. It, yeah, the, the because, online... Because, you know, those parents can reach other parents faster than we can. 100%, and you'll what see the numbers. What a idea. Yeah, it was great. I thought it was so smart. So. Um, 827, so let's go some some of the results, right? 827 participants responded to a total of 4,553 clinical scenarios. Um, it's interesting that in English, scenarios is plural, is like scenarios. In French, you don't say scenarios, you say scenario, which is interesting. Like you cactus, cacti. Anyway, interesting uh, observation in the middle of journal. I'm sorry about that. 62 parents um attending the neonatal follow-up clinic in Vancouver, completed the questionnaire. And then in the snowball step, 765 stakeholders answered the question. 442 in Canada, 323 international. Going back to that idea that the snowball uh, recruiting is kind of interesting. The respondents' age varied, varied sorry, from less than 20 years old to a maximum of 65 years with 47 of the participants between the age of 30 and 40 years old. Most participants, 60% of them were parents, uh, children or family members, and 28% were healthcare professionals. So let's talk a little bit about the severity rating. Uh, as expected, the typically developing child, right, that, that was supposed to be the control, was perceived to represent the best possible health state with a median score of 10. The scenario which described a child with cerebral palsy and language delay was perceived to be the lowest rated health condition with a mean difference from the control of minus 4.3, whereas the scenario describing a child with significant cognitive um, delay showed the smallest mean difference of minus 2. Uh, for eight of the 10 scenarios representing what we would define as severe neurodevelopmental impairment, fewer than 50% of the respondents perceived the health condition as severe. I mean, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. The scenario representing a child with cerebral palsy and language delay was considered severe by the largest percentage, 55%, and a visual impairment rated severe by 51% of respondents. The scenario representing a child with cognitive delay was classified as severe by the smallest proportion of respondents, which was less than 5%. Which going back to something Deborah Schmidt mentioned on the on the podcast last week, which is that she she doesn't know if we should look at cognition as closely as we are. Non-parent uh, 
healthcare professional, former children, children born preterm, teachers, researchers, trainees, answered were answers were similar to parents, meaning they, they were concordant, except for the cerebral palsy and language delay scenario, where non-parents rated the scenario slightly lower than parents with a mean difference of 0.36. The respondents' uh, gender, age, language of survey completion were not associated with the survey response. And so in conclusion, uh, the authors are saying that the study shows that the assessment of severity based on clinical scenario really differs from commonly used definition of severe neurodevelopmental impairment used in outcomes research. Secondly, what it shows is that the problem of using a composite outcome to describe neurodevelopmental impairment um, is, is really, I guess, problematic. Um, optimizing the way neonatal outcomes are reported is essential and that further research is needed. So I thought, right, I thought that was a very interesting paper, very cleverly designed. Have you, um, have you read Pepperoni Pizza and Sex? Yes. So it's yeah, very I much in it's, line. It's very much it's in line. Very, with this. Yeah. And, and all of the data of, of parents of medically complex children, mm-hmm. I mean, tend to fit with this, with the, with this data, but. Um, anyways, that was like a, a small, it's like a one page, maybe one and a half page by Dr. Yeah. Chavier, it sounds like It sounds so. like the title of a book. And that's right. But, that's right. But it so is just like a, a It's a really short paper. It's actually. Um, if, it's like a if, story. Yeah. It's a story. Since we're on. So I would since, recommend people, you'll, you'll link it to the show notes. I'm actually, I don't know if I'm going to link it, but I'm going to do something even a bit better, I guess, is that if you are, if this is at remotely Piquing your curiosity, episode 57 of the podcast is the interview that we did with Dr. Sure. Annie Janvier. And she um and the link to that article is actually in that episode page. So go check it out. Episode 57 of the Incubator Podcast. Great podcast. You should listen. Yeah. One um, of my favorites. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Incubator Podcast. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Instagram or Twitter at nikupodcast or through our website at www.the-incubator.com. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care professional. Thank you.